1: Yeah! Hello, this is Pastor Matt Youngblood-Clark from Essential Lutheran Church in South St. Louis.
0: And this is uh, Pastor Jolly John Lukumsky, uh still coming to you from my home here in New Athens, Illinois. Um, and this is...
1: Wrestling with the Basics.
0: So, so Matt, you know, I, I think one of the things that's uh, anyone who's been a regular listener to our show knows... Uh, we we are some of the finest Bible study uh, material you can find anywhere on on the Christian radio podcasts. Uh, but I th- I pride ourselves because we also try to do other things. We're we're always concerned about our listeners, uh, and so we we will share current events. Uh, we will share uh, financial news that may have been important to our listeners. But I don't know that we've ever shared medical information. Can you recall any episode <laughs> where we shared medical information? <laughs>
1: We might be wading into some dangerous waters here, Chuck. Well, that's we true. We need
0: some kind of disclaimer before we talk about this. <laughs> Thank. I think you're right. I, we are not doctors. We just play them on TV. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> no, I don't. So. I don't believe
1: we've we've uh, ventured into the area of medical advice on wrestling with the basics, that well, I can recall.
0: I read across something that I think is, is very significant. It's been helpful to me, and so I thought I would share it with all of our listeners. Matt, uh, especially the summertime when the, the, the heat's out there. and Do you know what the, the number one cause of dry skin is, Matt?
1: The number one? I, I, I would say uh, I don't know. Dry air? I don't know. Sunburn? I don't know. What, John?
0: Towels. Towels? It's the number one cause of well, That scam.
1: I would not have guessed. Oh, okay. Taos. <laughs> <laughs> I get it now.
0: So, so you I think, get it now. <laughs> did you think we got well I apparently since, <laughs> since it, it took you a moment, I think it we got me. we got it by Ian. That's what I'm concerned with. Somehow we gotta sneak the bad jokes in now because otherwise Ian is gonna just edit them out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so,
1: John, yeah, that was, uh, yeah, you had me thinking on that one.
0: Well, I've got, I have got—I actually hooked you. You thought I was actually going to say something that had well, I, some sense to it.
1: See, exactly. I thought we, you were actually going to have some, like, you know, kind of like a helpful homespun tip about dry skin over the summer months.
0: Oh, man. <laughs> man how long have we been together? I know. I know. <laughs> have I
1: not learned yet? Yeah. My goodness. Wow. Uh, so, Thanks,
0: John. <laughs> so Matt, you, you did the reading. This is this is Pentecost part two on wrestling with the basics. That's, right. That's you, right. You did the reading last time. I'll do some reading now and then we'll just comment on this wonderful story of of, of Pentecost. So uh, I will begin then at verse fourteen. Is that all right with you? Sounds good. So yeah, I
1: mean just yeah, just should we do a Go quick ahead. recap, yeah, John? Yes, just, please yeah. do. Please okay. do, Matt. Yeah. Just a quick recap. You know, if, if in case you didn't catch last week's episode, it's available on podcast. But I'll give you a quick recap. This is the uh, the coming of the Holy Spirit. And so this is Father Jesus' death and resurrection, even his ascension, 10 days after his ascension into heaven. Um, they're gathered there in Jerusalem and there's a, a loud rushing wind, uh, tongues of fire, and then each one of them are filled with the Holy Spirit, these followers of Jesus, and they'll be able to speak in other tongues, other languages that the Spirit gives them utterance. And then all these people who are gathered from around the, 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 the near world there are in Jerusalem for that festival of Pentecost that predates this account, and they're able to hear the mighty works of God in their own languages. They're able to understand what those followers of Jesus are saying. And uh, they are amazed and perplexed, saying, what does this mean? And then we also mentioned others mocked and said they are filled with new wine. And that's uh, that's where we're at.
0: So uh, um, let me start reading then. We're, we're actually now to the actual sermon. And, and a couple of questions that we discussed that do get debated is was there one kind of universal uh, kind of Esperanto uh, that they were speaking that everyone understood or were they speaking in each individual group's particular language? Uh, you pointed out that there were 12, there were 12 groups there. Uh, 12 sections uh, 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 whatever word you want to use territories <laughs> okay uh, and then the other question is 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 this all 120 of the disciples who are speaking uh, with tongues of fire or is it just the chosen 12 and and I think this first first kind of answers those questions because it says but Peter standing with the 11, Lifted up his voice and addressed them, and so I. And again, I wouldn't argue about it. We're not trying to say that this is set in stone, but it would appear to me that you have the chosen twelve apostles who will always be special. That they always have a different they're all distinguished between the, the the first christians they are the chosen ones sent by jesus to proclaim forgiveness and and repentance into all the world yeah. and i think they were speaking and i think each one of them spoke in a different uh language so that everyone could understand him <laughs> yeah I'm just this, go ahead
1: yeah I, I think you know along those same lines john the uh already in chapter one one of the first orders right after the ascension was to choose someone to replace judas remember judas had hanged himself and now matthias has chosen so there's there's 12 guys right just like you said um so peter and the 11 so you know were they the only ones there i don't know but they were most definitely there those 12 apostles
0: and, and I think it's safe to assume they were the spokesman and they would be mm-hmm. the spokesman for the new church. And they continue to be the spokesman, don't they? Because isn't that what we confess? The, the, the apostles, that, the apostles' creed. That's what we believe. Uh, uh, well, so here it is. Do you want me to read the whole text? Or how do you want me to handle this, Matt? Um, well, I mean, yeah. I mean, maybe we, we do
1: to, at least uh, through uh, verse 21. You know where.
0: Okay, so I'll, I'll read Starman. the whole text. Okay. Then, All right. Then. Okay, so men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words, for these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. I'm sorry, I just have to stop there because I've often wanted—it's too early to be drunk. (laughs) The bars aren't even open yet.
1: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. So the third hour of the day, what that's like 9 a.m., right, John? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's nine in the morning. Yeah. They haven't had time to get drunk. Come no, on. No.
0: Come on. The bars don't open till noon. It's not happy uh, hour yet. Yeah. I uh, wouldn't be cool to start a sermon that way. But no, I've never had opportunity to do that. <laughs> um, no. But but this this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. And in the last days it shall be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even on my male servants and female servants. In those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. And I will show wonders in the heavens above, and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and vapor and smoke. The sun shall be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood. Before the day of the Lord comes, the great and magnificent day, And it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So what do you think, Matt?
1: Well, yeah, I mean, I think lots of insights here, right, John? Um, And I I think one of my favorite is, um, you know, here's really the first sermon, right? I mean, this is Acts chapter 2. This is really the first sermon preached by one of Jesus' disciples, uh, at least that we have recorded. And here, uh, through the inspiration, of the Holy Spirit uh, Peter preaches and what I think is beautiful even you know he has the, the Holy Spirit and and yet what he shares isn't some sort of new revelation or a new word or something that sort of um, sounds different than the rest of Scripture right but he, he quotes the Prophet Joel so his sermon is based upon their scriptures the Old Testament scriptures the Hebrew Scriptures so, you know, even filled with the Holy Spirit, he's not just, you know, spouting off some new teaching, but it's, it's rooted in the spirit-inspired the spirit inspired words of the prophet Joel from centuries earlier. Um, and I think for us, John, that can be um, a pattern that we follow or strive to follow as preachers, that, you know, even though the spirits are working us, we're not preaching something different, but we're preaching... Uh, what we know to be the word of the Lord. Uh, and so our sermons, hopefully, are rooted, anchored in, in those holy scriptures as well, uh, just as Peter's was uh, in this very first sermon.
0: So, so we said last week, Uh, We we had all these wondrous signs, and those are just descriptive. They they had a practical purpose there on that first Pentecost, which we illustrated. But we said this week we would share some of the things that are prescriptive, things that every church, everywhere, throughout history, through all the different countries and nations, and and yeah, I, I agree with you. Number one, we have to base our teaching on Scripture. And you're right. It's particularly remarkable because Peter actually is writing Scripture now. (laughs) Yeah. What's happening right in front of our eyes is Scripture is being formed, and yet he still wants to go back to the Word of God in the Old Testament. So, yeah, God help us, especially those of us who are preachers, if we start coming up with our own stuff uh, because, no, we should be simply giving people what the holy scriptures given to us by the prophets and the apostles ha- have uh, said so uh, yeah any and I other think it pun-
1: about i this? think it emphasizes that yeah this is not a new revelation it's based on scripture and you know again jesus is the fulfillment of those old testament scriptures yeah. so yeah it only makes sense it's all one continuous story uh, of our salvation
0: now, now and, and by the way, I, I love the conclusion, and it shall come to pass that everyone who calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. See, it's a, it, it, So it's a, there's a second there, I would suppose. You've got to preach from Scripture, but you've got to preach from Scripture the gospel, how people get saved, uh, and, and the clarity of how they get saved is not by anything they do, but simply by having faith in the name of the Lord. Now, you actually jumped the gun there, saying it's all about Jesus. But we haven't heard a thing about Jesus yet, Matt. But a- a- apparently you're right.
1: <laughs> uh, well, yeah, okay, Here, I mean, here's the one area. <laughs> the one thing that kind of alludes to maybe being Jesus is... Oh, okay, it, good. Uh, it, verse 17, you know, how do you take... So it says, in the last days it shall be. So what are the last days? Oh, what ushers question. in the last days? All right, you know, yeah. how do we... You know, it, it, is, is Acts chapter 2, the day of Pentecost, the last days? Um, and I think that, you know, that that could be a Jesus connection that, well, Jesus, his fulfillment of his, his you know, his, his prophesied death and even resurrection, you know, sort of, I think, ushers in the last days. You know, here it is. You know, here's here's what everyone's been waiting for. It it happened. And now uh, already, you know, um, waiting, waiting for uh, his promises to be fulfilled of the, the holy spirit and then you know ultimately he's been waiting for his return even so i want you know that would be one area where i think well you know the last days what 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 constitutes the last days what signifies last days and i think at least in part is uh jesus fulfillment of what he came to do
0: so so thank you i like that matt that's right because we tend to think of the last days as something that lies ahead in the future and of course the completion of the last days Mm -hmm, does lay ahead in the future but you're right We are in the last days. There's literally nothing that needs to be done for our salvation that hasn't been done, is there? Except, of course, for the return of Jesus Christ. So, all right. All right. Well, all right. So, so it's there in the text. It's there in Joel. And it certainly is going to be explicit in the words of Peter. Let me start reading from verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth. A man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst, as you yourselves know. This Jesus, delivered up according to the definite plan and foreknowledge of God, you crucified and killed by the hands of lawless men. God raised him up, loosing the pangs of death, because it was not Possible for him to be held by it, for David says concerning him, I saw the Lord always before me, for is at my right hand and may not be shaken. Therefore my heart was glad, my tongue rejoiced, my flesh also will dwell in hope, for you will not abandon my soul to hazes, or let your holy one see corruption. You have made known to me the paths of life. You will make me full of gladness with your presence. Brothers, I may say to you with confidence about the patriarch David, that he both died and was buried, and his tomb is with us to this day. Being therefore a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that he would set one of his descendants on his throne, he foresaw and spoke about the resurrection of Christ, that he was not abandoned to Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. This Jesus God raised up, and of that we are all witnesses. Okay. So what about all that, Matt?
1: Well, you're yeah, right, John. That is a little more clearly about Jesus, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, the last days, it alludes to that, certainly, I think. But but yeah, this is about Jesus. And, um, you know, if if you're preaching, uh, you know, an evangelistic sermon, which I, I suppose this is, he's preaching to people who aren't Christians, right? He's yep. preaching to, to people who are there or who to, are worshiping and they're Jews. Um, and if you're preaching that kind of sermon, uh, do you lead with, you know, uh, you crucified and killed him <laughs> <You know? laughs> yeah um, he's pretty convicting right um, you crucified him you killed him you killed the the one who is uh, did the mighty works of God and wonders um but then God raised him up God raised him up um because it was not i love that not even possible for for death for him to be held by death I love that Um, But yes, but but yet, yeah, got the Holy Spirit's at work here in that convicting word (laughs) that they are, you know, in part, at least uh, responsible for his death.
0: And 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 again, quoting the scripture in that amazing. See, he he still wants to go back to what is the known word of God. uh, And and here's the other thing that always tickled me about this is, you know, the Holy Spirit, the poor guy, he gets one lousy day. One lousy day, right? Pentecost, the day of the coming of the Holy Spirit. And yet Peter spends the whole sermon talking about Jesus. <laughs> 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 but I don't think the Spirit minds that at all. Exactly, you know exactly.
1: No. Yeah, it goes back to what you said last episode that, you know, he's not flashy, right? The Spirit. Yeah. Um, he's not looking for attention. He's not out to point to himself. But, but point us to the Savior. Point us to Jesus.
0: So... So, uh, um, yeah, and that's the thing, too. He's not really doing his job when he's talking about himself, yeah. uh, uh, Dr. Nagel. Uh, pointed that out, that his job and Jesus says that, I'm sending it. why am I sending you the Spirit? So he can bring to your remembrance all the things that I told you. That's his job, to bring people to faith in Jesus. And and uh, he's doing it mightily and he does it the way the way it is prescribed, uh, not through some ramblings of, of what we might think, oh I had a dream, I had a vision, but rather through what he has given, the dreams, uh, not the dreams but the visions, the words he's given through his holy scripture. I want to cut to the end here, because we wanted to talk about the prescriptions, the things yeah, that you have to have, that. to have the Spirit. So, so you, you point out he begins with a powerful word of law. You know, Jesus was the, the almighty Son of God, and you killed him, and he closes with that same kind of uh, call to repentance. Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified... Now, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, Brothers, what shall we do? So I'm going to pause there because obviously what's going to be next is the prescription. It's what we're supposed to do. Yep. But do yep. you have any comments about this conclusion of Peter's sermon?
1: Well, I think that, you know, we also should be cut to the heart by these words. Um, yeah. I mean, I think those words are true for us as well. Yeah. We weren't there in the first century. We weren't there, obviously, when Jesus was crucified on Good Friday. And yet, uh, I think it's just as true of us that um, we're responsible for his death, right? Um, our sins are the reason that he went to the cross. Uh, he went to the cross out of love for us, right? But he went to the cross to, to pay for our sins, uh, to redeem us, to purchase and win us. So by extension, I think these words should be Convict us too, and and also cut us to the heart.
0: While we were yet sinners, yeah. he died for us. Again, yeah. that isn't something Matt and I came up with. That's right out of the Holy Bible, the Holy Scripture. So absolutely, Matt. Yeah. Why do you think he died? <laughs> because of us. Because of our yep. sins. So yeah, let us be. And, and I love that too. See, they, they they this is sincere. They were cut to the heart. This wasn't just on the outside of them. Deep down inside, they understood that they were sinners. And that's the heart, I think. Or not the heart, but it's certainly the beginning of, of any good sermon, uh, that, that law that convicts us. Uh, not that other people are sinners. We could do plenty of law like that. But we want the law that shows us, yeah, we're the sinners. We're the ones that caused Jesus to die. Uh, and now, shall we hear what we're supposed to do? Okay? Yeah. <laughs> okay. The prescription. And Peter said to them, "Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, for the promises for you and for your children and for all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord our God calls to Himself." So, what do you think, Matt? What are the prescriptions? What do we? Yeah, have there it to is. Add? So, uh,
1: yeah, yeah, so as they preach to this group of people right uh, what do we do now repent and be baptized every one of you so yeah to to repent right to, to repent of our sin uh which is the work of the holy spirit we would say too uh and then yeah to be baptized uh to be baptized in the name of jesus christ for the forgiveness of sins and you will receive the gift of the holy spirit so i think we, we see some of the benefits of baptism right here uh, baptism is a big deal it, it's it works the forgiveness of sins. Uh, it's it's a means by which we receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, there's beautiful benefits and blessings connected to baptism, and uh, that's that's a wonderful thing. So yeah, to to repent, to believe, but also yeah to be baptized, and that's a gift that we should all want to receive, uh, no matter what age we are or who we are. Uh, and then also and, and I think just yeah.
0: Yeah, go ahead. No, go ahead. Yeah,
1: just real quick, you know, in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for the forgiveness of sins. Just real quick, that I, that does not mean we shouldn't also be baptized in the name of the Father and Holy Spirit. Oh yeah, right? yeah So, yeah. so you know, some have taken this verse and kind of run with it and say, well, well, I guess we're only baptized in Jesus' name. And well, no, 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 no. Go, yeah, you know, we go back to Jesus' words too. the Name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and and certainly uh, Peter isn't contradicting that here. And certainly Jesus' name is part of that Trinitarian name. Uh, but, yeah, in the name of the triune God, and, and that is being baptized in the name of Jesus as well.
0: And, and what I think is interesting, there's no mention of any kind of wondrous signs, no mm-hmm. mention of uh, any kind of speaking in tongues. Uh, and, and, again, I don't want to, maybe people are doing that by the Spirit. I, I don't know, but it certainly isn't prescribed. Because uh, the promise is clear here. If you are baptized, uh, a Christian baptism, a baptism about the forgiveness of sins that is ours in Jesus, he doesn't say you might. He says you will. You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's how the Spirit comes with absolute assurance and confidence. And that's why we can all be sure we have the Spirit. Uh, and and so sometimes we, we don't feel like we have the Spirit. Sometimes we wrestle with doubts. Uh, I have my restless nights, even as the Apostle Paul did. Uh, but then you just have to remember, who am I to judge? <laughs> I'm a sinner. How would I know if I have the Spirit or not? I'm just going to go with what God told me, all right? Yeah. And the promise is, like you said, He's baptized. Uh, he has forgiveness. He has the Holy Spirit. And, and that's the sum and substance. There isn't anything more to it, is it? It's just that that simple. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I mean, for us, I mean, we, you see all those miraculous signs and everything that the Day of Pentecost and the Spirit of work. But yet, you know, we... We don't have the Spirit any less than those people do, right? No. Uh, the the no. promise is for us. And I love how it's that promise that it says, the promise is for you and for your children and all who are far off, everyone whom the Lord God calls to himself. You know, that we're among those people, the, those later generations, and those who are far off, all the way here in New Athens and St. Louis, as we record, and yet... Uh, The same thing, everyone whom the Lord calls to himself. And, you know, to rejoice that, yeah, God is the one who does the calling. He's called us to himself, and we see that in a very tangible way through water and word uh, in baptism. God has called me. He called me by name. I belong to him. His spirit is in me.
0: And thank you, Matt, because that's that's really the point, isn't it? That we're not just reading a story about something that happened some 2,000 years ago, but that we would understand that this is our story we're reading. that uh, As you pointed out so beautifully, yeah, we are the people that need to repent. We are the ones that Jesus died for. But the question is, how do I know for sure that he died for me? Okay, no doubt God loves the world. I, I think you can yeah. see that clearly. But the issue is, how do I know that He loves me? How do I know that my sins are forgiven? And I don't know, why do people have to make it so complicated? Why do they have to add this whole list of signs or works or whatever that we need to do so that we? No, no, when the Bible is so simple and so clear, this is all you need. You just need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, as you said, in the Father and, and the Holy Spirit as well. And then that's it. You have forgiveness, and you've got the gift of the Holy Spirit. Maybe that seems too simple, too easy, but it is exactly what Jesus says. Any final words as we wrap up this uh, Pentecost episode, Matt?
1: Yeah, I just uh, rejoice in that gift, and I would just encourage our listeners and and remind myself as well to remember that baptism every day. Every day, uh, it's not I was baptized, but I am baptized. I am a child of God. I do have that gift of the Holy Spirit uh, that... God so freely gives. Uh, Be assured of that. So, uh, yeah, lots of comfort, I think, here for us, too, in the day of Pentecost. And this has been Wrestling with the Basics.